I'm I'm so I'm so freaking excited about this one because this is one that I I genuinely do not know where you're gonna take this. <laughs> I, I don't know either. I don't know where you're gonna take this, and I want to know. We don't know how each other feel about this song, and it's gonna be, it's gonna be, it's like a big reveal. <laughs> yep. Oh no. My phone Let's go farted. ahead and temper that volume. Yeah. My phone is talking at me. Get a little sip. Jesus, you said you were going to take a sip. I'm guzzling. Every a... day I'm guzzling. <laughs> All right, we should do this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I've, I'm. Yeah, we should do this. Welcome to Lyrics to Go, the podcast where we take a deep dive into lyrics that are questionable at best, but have largely dodged public ridicule, largely, largely. until now. How are you, Seth? I'm Mark. This is Seth. <laughs> <laughs> round and circles. Jumping right Here we go, it. round and circles. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm doing good. I just came from Jason's Deli. Hashtag love to talk about places that I like. Ah, Jason's Delicatessen. Yeah, I had Fantastic. me a nice salad. Had a muffaletta. Ah, yesterday I had a New Jersey Michael's submarine sandwich. Are those good? I've never had I one. I love them. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm gonna, yeah. Eventually Jersey one day I'm going to have one. Yeah. But I also like Jason's Deli. I lo- yeah, I really like Jason's Deli. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of good food, especially when I get to... I was driving around Cape Coral. I had a lot of work to do, and I thought, well, I'm not going to drive all the way home and then come back here. So I stopped at Jason's Deli, mm-hmm. and then I decided just to get here a little bit early when I heard... I, mean, I rang the doorbell, and I heard you going, I get off at five! <laughs> I'm like, I know. I was like, how did he fuck this up? <laughs> He's here I, a whole hour early. I didn't. I just didn't want to drive like all the way no, back no, home. No, no, completely understand. Yeah, you, and I know that your sofa is comfy. It is. So it's I decided just to spend a little bit of uh, a little bit of time out there with just me and the sofa and uh, my phone. It was nice. It was relaxing. I had a good time. I was able to go over stuff. I was able to look at other things um, before the show. Uh, I felt good about it. Nothing uh, pulled me away from uh, you know when you had mentioned before you left. For we're going to discuss this in a minute. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fact that we were doing the song that we're going to do, and I, I remembered when I first listened to it, and I was like. This is an unusual one. This is a different one, and I don't know Mark's feelings about it, and it's going to be like a big reveal uh, when I hear how you feel about this song, but you had mentioned it in our last episode, and in our last episode, you had not yet, we're going to discuss this, gone to Columbia Mm. to play with Cord, Cord, how do you pronounce it? Caballetta. Caballetta. Caballetta, which I did see some of the video of you playing, and I have to say... I'm some, and I wouldn't just say this. I'm somewhat of a Caballetta fan. They are good. It's good music. I told I told Guillermo, who is the singer and bassist, and and is for all intents and purposes Caballetta. Uh, after a couple of practices, I said, "I'm very glad your music doesn't suck." Yeah, because it would it would be a bummer to do this and hate all the songs. But I legitimately like the songs. They're kind of broken up into old stuff and new stuff. Where old stuff is kind of like Queens of the Stone Age ish, riffy. Um, and the riffy. new stuff is a little bit more straight ahead, um, kind of like dark pop um, with uh, all lyrics in Spanish mm-hmm. and um, very, very good. Very, very enjoyable. And I, I look forward to playing some more with him. Genuinely liked that music. 
I'm glad to hear it. It was good. I did too. Yeah, it I was really too. good. And it's, Keith sounded good. Your singer sounded good. Yeah. And and tell us about Columbia. What are what was your first impression when you walked out of the airport or you drove out of the airport? What was your first impression? Lyrics to go getting the hot scoop today. I, I'd like to because think. Uh, you know this episode will come out before uh, the No Nonsense Trivia podcast, and mm-hmm. we are recording before, so you get all the juicy bits. Okay. Um, it was great, man. Um, you know, we we got there. We went through, um, you know, immigration. Uh, everything was relatively seamless, mostly because Guillermo is from Colombia and has made the trip a bunch for Colombia. So he he for Colombia, um, and uh, so he you know was able to kind of tell us what we needed to do when and all that good stuff. Um, and we walked out and. Uh, you know, we flew into Bogota. Mm-hmm. Well, I've always pronounced it Bogota, but everyone there says Bogota. The, and the accent on is the, on the end. ta, yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, got like a party van thing to bring us back to the hotel. We needed something. We were in an entourage, basically of nine people. Um, These nine were they were they other bands or were they just friends? No, they were. So his manager, wow. um, photographer, his photographer's what? girlfriend. Uh, his wife, his wife's best friend, Who me lied. and Keith, um, and maybe there was somebody else there. But uh, so yeah, we we were traveling in a in a pretty decent pack, mm-hmm. and everyone spoke Spanish except for Keith and I. But that's also something else that ended up being very helpful. I mean, a lot of people in Colombia speak English, but not super su- not super fluently. So it was helpful. Um, we went to some amazing restaurants that were just absolutely ridiculous there were photos of that it looked amazing um and you know definitely like the finest dining i think i've probably ever been to but because of the conversion rate everything there is so incredibly cheap so incredibly cheap so um you know we were just we went to a restaurant and ate and we stayed there for five hours before we left and our bill was not five hours worth of street eating and drinking wow um, I got to have a miracle berry, which is a magical berry from Africa, where if you like put it in your mouth and rub it over your tongue, it switches flavors. So everything's sweet, tastes salty, etc. Miracle fruit. Miracle fruit. Sorry. I have had a miracle fruit plant that I grew in my backyard that the cold weather killed about eight years ago. I don't feel like it really worked for me, which was a little bit of a bummer. However, I, I don't know how exactly it works, but the grapes... They, they give you a little tray of fruit and stuff. The grapes taste like grapes. The, the strawberries taste like strawberries. Did they give you lemon? Uh, th- so they gave me... So if you don't know this, lemons by and large don't exist in Mexico. I can't speak for Colombia. Mm-hmm. But th- a limon is a lime. Lime. Ocales. So it's, it's a little a little strange. Uh-huh. Now, I don't know exactly what it's like down there. However, um, and I have a video of it I can show you. The rind of this fruit was green, uh-huh. but the body of it was almost orange okay. um, or yellow, but the but the rind of it was green. Now, they described it as a lemon, I think, but it tasted like an orange to me. Okay. They also gave me a, they give you a mystery cocktail. Uh-huh. So I drank it and they were like, how does it taste? And I was like, it doesn't taste that bad. And they were like, that is straight gin. It was a giant fucking like a quart okay of gin with like 20 percent seltzer water wow and it did not taste like gin i hate gin because of the miracle yeah, yeah. yeah. so it seemed like it, it worked on some flavors and not on others you i know don't know what gin is 
Yeah. It's essentially alcohol, uh, alcohol made from uh, juniper berries. Yeah. yeah. So it's got like that astringent. It's got a bitter. And yeah. that's, I can't stand bitter stuff. And that's, that's, and why I don't that's like when your miracle fruit was kicking in. Yeah. That must yeah. be it. So yeah. it must have affected some flavors. And that, that orange thing that the, with the green and with the orange flesh that you saw, that is what we, what, what in Florida a long time ago, I learned this as a kid, is what we refer to as a sour. When you they there when oranges grow naturally out of the ground, if you're just to plant the seed, you would get not what is an orange, but what they call a sour. It grows up and it's sour stock. Now every orange that you get from a tree is what's called grafted. They have one tree that produces sweet oranges, and then they take a bit of that tree, they chop like a limb off. That's called a cyan, and they graft it to sour stock because sour stock is more hardy now as your tree grows if you look they'll always tell you if anything grows below the graft kill it break it off so that you're just getting what's the cyan growing mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. and what grows from the stock will be sour stock now a lot of people let sour stock grows because it's sour and you do want to utilize that it's great for marinating fish um, it's great for other uses like in drinks and you can make sour lemonade, what essentially is like lemonade, but you probably had what is essentially a sour. That's, I'm, I'm going to guess That's interesting. that. Yeah. But, um, but I, miracle fruits, we can grow them here. They're really susceptible to cold. Mine died. But when I would give Big them rib. to people, yeah, exactly. When I would give a, a miracle fruit to someone, it's a little red berry. Um, and it's a big seed in it. You just kind of eat the flesh off the outside of the seed. Um, but when I would give people a lemon, they would go, oh my God, it was just, it was like, or give them a Guinness. If they had a Guinness, mm-hmm. it would taste like, it would taste like pop, you know, it would taste yeah. like, so not to use Midwestern co- colloquialism, but <laughs> please don't. Okay. We've gone over that. Uh, just two other things. Um, one, you must've felt like, a, 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 a just, I hate to use this term, but a rock star in Colombia. Um, it must have felt great. It was so. It was. It was. I felt like a rock star in that I didn't pay for a thing. Uh-huh. Um, I was just kind of like whisked there, and I've and I've said and I've made this comparison before, and I've made it to a couple close friends. Being a decent musician has been. I've always described it as as close as I'll ever get to being a beautiful woman. It's like the one thing about me that like people like n- will look across the street. And oh, be it's like, attractive. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. Like who's that? Yeah. And it's the kind of thing that I guess gets me whisked away to other countries. I have so heard, and I don't think I've ever said this to you in the twenty years that I've known you. Multiple people say he is so fun to watch. Play oh, drums. Yeah, I, I I've, have heard I've gotten that a lot. Make very stupid faces. Mm-hmm. Um, animated. Yes, very yeah. animated. Very. I I I've always said I don't think I'm. A super, and I'm not saying I'm bad, so this is not me like bashing myself. I'm not a super, super technical player. The thing that people like about me and the thing that I like about my own playing is that I am very, very, um, I put a lot of emotion into You are in the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So yeah, it was, uh, I mean, it was just kind of getting whisked away and going out and getting fed drinks and getting fed delicious food, anything you want, buy it. We played the show. There was a lull where the bassist was tuning, and I just said, thank you guys so much, and everybody just went insane. Everybody just, like, applauded, just got this huge applause. Really? Um, Do you know why? Well, I think it's because, you know, I, I part of it may be because people liked my drumming, and mm-hmm. they were like, oh, the drum guy. Um, and then, you know, I think, honestly, to be to be completely frank, I think some people see me and see my size and go, well, what can this guy do? And then I get then back like, there, Whoa. and they're like, oh, Okay, this guy moves. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and then the other thing, I think it may have just been like someone that had come there from America mm-hmm. to see their country and they were and, appreciative and play for their com- for their country, you know. Mm-hmm. And they were like, "Oh wow, like this is awesome." Here's this guy. I learned how to speak Spanish. Um, I'm I'm not a perfect Spanish speaker, but when I speak it, uh, you know, I can understand it. And I and when I speak it to people here, if I'm like translating for the little old lady in in Publix. Um, they are, I, a friend of mine, when I first started learning a Cuban guy said, you know, once you know how to speak it, you're going to have 5 million friends. <laughs> and that is totally the case. And I have, I learned how to speak Spanish by living in South Florida where it's, uh, it's, it's prevalent. Mm-hmm. And I always wanted to go, I've, I've for such a long time, many take, different kinds of Spanish speakers here too. Yeah. I learned we mostly have a lot Cuban. of Mexicans, a lot of Cubans, mm-hmm. a lot of Puerto Ricans, even a lot of Dominicans. I've learned, uh, Cuban idioms. Um, and that's what I, you know, que bola serie. that was what I, I, I kind of, I grew <laughs> at one with when I said something, I said, Odele and everyone started laughing at me and they're like, that's Mexican. That's a Mexican thing. Yeah, I was like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's still, it's, it's great though, but I've always, always, always wanted to take, my ability down to a Spanish-speaking country, I say down to because most of them are south, south of us, mm-hmm. um, and, uh, and, and just and try it out and see how they respond because here I get such big smiles and such appreciation and they're very appreciative when they hear an American that, mm-hmm. that has gone out of the way to try and learn their language. I'm sure they love it. I'm sure they love now, it. Now, there's something else I got to bring up. You had mentioned, okay. and we'll try and get through this as quick as possible, but I sure. do want to talk about it. You had brought up the no-no. And yesterday I was listening to the no-no, and it was the Skylar episode, which, oh. god damn, if Skylar has not turned, has not blossomed into a podcast personality, in god my love opinion. Him, huh? He's, he, you could hear the, the wobble in him from the get-go, you know, the first time that he was on, but now it's like he's just blossomed into... Old Jesus, hat. Yeah, this guy's really, really picked it up and, and, and developed his own, his, own, his own podcast personality and and it's and it's wonderful to see sure but he did something on the show and you said as i was listening to the next episode you had said that he had written your name in metallica font and lee had asked how did he resolve the c at the end getting that arrow off of it and you said we did the worst possible thing that he could do and that's spell my name with a k yeah and if for anybody that doesn't know if you've only heard this podcast i doubt that's probably the case you probably were brought here by uh, no nonsense but it's a thing mark it's a thing it's a thing and i have to ask it's something that i've never asked you okay when someone resolves your name in print form with a k it really really gets to you it's it's a thing with you and is there a root to that is do you know why is there some sort of psychological reason deep down and I have a reason for asking, but as Mark can, starts to look around the room, it seems like he's searching he's for an for answer. looking for my watch. He's looking for his watch. It might be written on there. Is, yeah. is, um, explain to us. I mean, it's just not right. <laughs> <laughs> I will say it has definitely made me very hyper aware of how people spell their name. Okay. And it has made me very hyper vigilant when someone says their name is, you know, Carrie. I'll mm-hmm. be like, how do you spell that? Um. I'm, you know, I've, I've tempered a lot in my old age. I, I used to be like, someone would say, what's your name? You know, what name is it under? And I'd say Mark with, Mark a, with C. a C. I heard. Yes. And then as I got older, I started, you know, what does it matter? You're, you're going to say Mark. Now, when someone is writing my name and it's someone close to me, like my aunt, who still writes my name and spells it with a K. Now that bothers me because you know, abroad, you know, that's not my name. <laughs> like my name is Mark and it's spelled with a C. 
It was spelled with that intention. For whatever reason, my parents decided to do that. Here I am. Um, but, you know, it's just um, it, when it's just shows uh, a certain uh, and this is going to sound kind of hyperbolic, but shows a certain lack of thoughtlessness, you know, a certain amount of thoughtlessness. And it's just nice when someone asks and whenever I'm asked it, it really fills my heart with gladness and takes away all my sadness, eases my troubles. That's what it does. That's what it do. Yeah. I'm asking this as a person who grew up. I understand where you're coming from, but here's the but. Okay. Who grew up in an entire demographic that could not correctly pronounce my name. Ah, yes. Everywhere Seth. I went, I was Seth. Yes. And I had to, at a very young age, learn to let it go. Yeah. And I just, I'm like, I thought to myself, I'm like, nobody in my neighborhood could say my name right. Not one single person, except for certain others, if by chance. But the, the people that I grew up around called me Seth and just couldn't. And, I would, and when I was a little kid, I'd go Seth, Seth. When I'm talking like first and second grade and I'd go Seth and they'd go Seth. Seth and it just and I had to get used to it and then I spent you know four months in Ireland where I thought oh well you know that's very easy it's going to be easy for them I could Seth you know and the next thing you know and then my cousins you know east of town and you know way out in the country called me Seth you know and draw it out and it was constantly like my name was so I just learned to let it bastardized yeah it, it always let it go yeah. you know and I've I mean, I've gotten I've gotten more around to letting it go but when it's someone close to you. Mm-hmm. It you know when it's someone like Skyler who's known me for twenty some years as you expressed you would hope <laughs> by now you've you've gotten it down and you know you know me from the time in my life where it's a big thing and I still always get the you know the memes sent to me about mm. Starbucks you know with spelling M A R C K and mm. C A R K and all that stuff so it is what it is it's just something that I've always meant to ask you I thought it'd be a good idea to bring it up here I appreciate it um but we're not here to talk about how you spell your name we no. did for a while we're we not did. here to talk about Bogota no we are not and are we, we are here? not here to talk about any number of things except for the hit song by Yusuf Islam aka Cat Stevens. Did you know Wild that it, it appears that he has dropped the Islam from his name and is now just going as Yusuf? Oh, I did not. Yeah, that's uh, something that I that I had, uh, you know, when I was doing a little bit of work before the show, that uh, it seems as if whenever you see, he recently did a remaster of this song, and when you see the, um, f- the, the listing on the remaster, whether it be in Spotify or anything else, it will say Wild World, that's the song we're doing, and it would say Cat Stevens slash Yusuf. Not Yusuf Islam. So, yeah, Yusuf is his stage name. We should mention he was born Stephen Dimitri Georgiou. Yes. Um, and um, ended up converting to uh, Islam and changed his name to Yusuf Islam. I believe Yusuf may be his stage name, but for what it's worth, Wikipedia still, um, you know, titles him as Yusuf Islam. Uh, but in any event... Um, we are talking about the song Wild World off of the album T for the Tillerman, which I remember one of the, one of the first CDs my mom bought. I'd say first 10, 15 CDs my mom. How did I know that? It was like, I, I think you had said it a long time ago I and I just have. remembered and it was like in the back of my mind that that, that that was the case, which is not a bad 
thing to happen, I think. No. No. Very, very lucky to have parents that liked a lot of good stuff. Yeah, you, I got you very, are. Very, very lucky. You are. Um, what do you, uh, what is your relationship with Yusuf? Um, from a very young age, I think this was the first song that I ever heard. And from the get go, I didn't like it. And I still typically do not like wide world as a song. It is not a favorite. I don't, I don't, it's one that it's not like I rush over to turn down the radio. It's just one that I'm like, I just don't think this is that something about the chord progression i don't particularly it doesn't strike me as fun uh the lyrics never really struck me as anything um you know uh uplifting or healthy uh the the tone in his voice on the verses um is sad and not in that achy country music sad that draws you in and 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 gets you to sympathize or empathize with it kind of way it just sounded um, sad. It just sounded, you know, like something that I didn't necessarily want to spend any time listening to. Now that changed um, when a song, when a movie came out, and this is what I wanted to discuss with you, Mark. A movie came out called Rushmore, mm. and in that movie, this little song popped up that I had heard other songs from the record. It was called Teaser and the Firecat, and I knew Peace Train, which I liked. And I loved Moonshadow, which I love. And this song came on, and it immediately made me change everything that I ever thought about. I just looked at him as another singer-songwriter from the 70s. But when I heard The Wind, I just absolutely fell in love with this guy and was able to uh, completely relate to what he was saying. I think that it is a perfectly formed one minute and 50 second song that beautifully expresses just about everything that you need to know to get through this life. It is, it is just about perfect. It is a beautiful song. Now I can't say that about the rest of his, his catalog, but I can say that about that song. There are specific little lines and words that I think are beautiful and poetic. And then there's even a little spot where I think the music and the tone of his voice just tells you far more than words could. And I think it's beautiful. And I want to go over just for a second some of those words with you. Please. And what I think are... I feel like we're getting married. I know, I know. But I really do feel this way about this song. Um, It just... It's so deep that... Um, hold on, I'm sorry. You the song have... is, while you're looking that up, the song is amazing. And also on the Rushmore soundtrack, which was my inter- introductory movie uh, for Wes Anderson, of which, like many other white guy uh, in their 30s and 40s, I was very brushed away with his first few movies. Mm-hmm. Um, but also on that soundtrack, Here Comes My Baby, which oh. is also a fantastic song. It's just, he... I mean, he's got two absolute bangers, but I agree with you, there's... No fat to trim. But That's wind is a minute forty two, perfection. Yeah, you're just like taken away. Your breath is taken away, and it's gone as quick as it was there. Where I'll end up, well, I think only God really knows. Is I think foreshadowing mm-hmm. in his life. I think that he is thinking about more than himself, and and bigger and his creator. I think that's. He's he's acknowledging it right there at the beginning of this song. Where I went, end up, I, I 
I've sat upon the setting sun, but never, never, never wanted water once. I think, Jesus Christ. It's so good. And then he says, I let my music take me where my heart wants to go. And then what I think is the most beautiful part of the whole song is, I've swam up on the devil's lake and never, 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 I'll never make the same mistake. Yeah. And where he does that, where... He's saying I'll never make the same mistake. But he's letting you know that we are all human and we can all fall. Mm-hmm. And just that tone, the music, and the sound of his voice is, yeah, I could make that mistake. It's possible. You know, I could fall short because I am a human being. And I think that this is, um, it's foreshadowing to the rest of his life where he gives himself over to Islam and he gives himself over to a search for God um, that, you know, pick pick and choose which one you want. I think that's what he's doing. I think Islam spoke to him. I know it doesn't speak to everybody, but I think he is looking to make a connection with a greater power. And, it, and, it's, uh, and it's beautifully expressed in that song. And I think everyone that listens to this, everyone within the sound of my voice should go out and study a minute 42 of that song and just give it a listen and uh, hope to God that it enriches your life in a positive way. I Not think, to get all spiritual and everything, but I, yeah, I think I th- it's a good thing. I think that song is actually played in its entirety in Rushmore, if I remember correctly. It is, yes. So it might be worth just to sit down and, and watch that movie. And I do believe you're right, because that album came out after Tea for the Tillerman. It did. And I remember reading some stuff saying that, you know, he was starting to kind of get more and more interested into, you know, Islam um, you know, and Eastern philosophy, uh, mm-hmm. just like George Harrison. Yeah, yeah, who's another flipping awesome song who does not get the credit he deserves. You know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, completely but, agreed. But let's go back a couple of years. Yeah. Yeah, let's go back to um, 1970, 71. Isn't that when T for the Tillerman came out? 1970 is when T for the Tillerman came out. The fourth studio album from, at the time, Cat Stevens. We'll probably end up referring to him mostly as Cat Stevens here because... That's mostly how I know his name, so mm. hopefully that's not super offensive every once in a while, you know, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll try and be good about it if I can. Um, <clears throat> but there are a couple of songs that were bigger, big, I shouldn't say bigger, but big-ish, uh, Where Do the Children Play, Father and Son, um, that were, you know, two of his more well-known songs, and of course... Yeah. Wild World. Hits in England before... I think Wild World was the first one to make the crossover to the United States. Yeah, you, yeah. You're very well, uh, you very well could be correct there. Um, this song has been covered by a number of people. Um, oh, excuse me. Including Jimmy Cliff, who was the first person to record this song. Have you heard it? I have. Oh, my... I never, I never knew he did it. Jesus, it's incredible. It's really good. And I, I I have to mention something about that record, about that that song. Um, it was it was heard by Chris Chris Blackwell, who was of course the um, owner of Island Records. Um, gave us you know original Scratch Perry stuff like that. You know brought that to our consciousness. Brought Bob Marley to our consciousness with the Catch a Fire record, Island Records. He heard it and thought that Jimmy Cliff should do it, and it's great. You should listen to it, and when you do, recognize that it is one of the best. God damn bass players, bass lines. The bass line for that version is just perfection. It is beautiful. Yeah, I think I looked up. I did my research and tried to find who did that. A lot of people say that it was Jackie Jackson. 
from Toots and the Maytals fame. Mm-hmm. Um, played on, you know, he did he would did record other Jimmy Cliff songs that I don't know about. But a lot of that stuff, unfortunately, you know, especially in in Kingston and Jamaica, gets lost. Yes, <laughs> unless you were like one of the two or three most popular. You know, it's like who did what? No yeah. one remembers. No one cares. I don't doubt or people care now, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't time. doubt that it was him. It's just an amazing baseline. Um, I felt an affinity with Cat Stevens, uh, said Jimmy Cliff in 2012. Um, I felt an affinity with him because they tried to market him as a rock act. And like me, he was more than that. And one day I went to the publisher and he played me his demo of Wild World. And he told me that Cat Stevens had written it, but didn't like it. I loved it right away. So he called up Steve and he put me on the phone with him. He asked me what my key was. I said, and he started playing guitar down on the phone. Um, he said he would have to, re- we'd have to record it together. So he went in and did the track and I went in the following day, helped put on the backing vo- vocals with Doris Troy. And then it was time to put my voice on and Steve directed me to sing the high notes. He was a really good producer and it was a big hit. Um, also covered, uh, later on by Maxi Priest, mm. uh, in 1988, taking it to number five in the UK um, this meant the song was a top 10 hit in Steven's native land for two different artists, Maxi Priest and Jimmy Cliff, <laughs> but not for him. Uh, in America, there were four different versions that hit the chart. His was the highest a version by the Gentries the same year, uh, reaching number 97, Maxi Priest number 25, and hit rock band Mr. Big doing a cover of it, reaching number You're 27. Kidding. Wow. Wow. Well is right. Um, so yeah, a lot of... Um, uh, a lot Mr. of people. Big, I'm the one that wants to be with you, Fame. That's them. Which is a song we should do. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I would have I no don't problem know. with that. D- you, have you heard the Jimmy Cliff version? Yes. I think, uh, yeah, it's light years better, in my, just in my opinion. Than I mean, the Maxi Priest version or than, than his version? Than his version. I think it's the best version. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I would, yeah, you know, and well, we'll get into it here in a second, but you know, it's kind of a weird song. It is. The lyrics are a little bit weird, and I, you know... I, there's some stuff that you know there's something there's some stuff about the way the song is recorded and the way he sings it that kind of yeah I, I agree isn't great yeah <laughs> I agree are uh are we ready to do this yeah I think we know um enough we know enough about about uh, Yusuf um I think that's what he wants to be called there was just to mention there were some other things that were brought up when things happened a la you know 9-11 and stuff like that and could he, did he maybe say some questionable things after those, uh, after those events that were, um, how should I say, uh, diminishing to the United States or to the people of the United States? I don't know. He's, he seems to deny some of the things that he said. And if you talk to Americans, a lot of them say, well, he said horrible things after certain terrorist attacks and after certain things happened. And I don't know if he did or if he didn't. Uh, there seems to be a lot of proof, actual proof that he did. He has denied those things. But I am telling you that by virtue of what I know about this man through lyrics of specific songs and what I know about humanity is that there's room for redemption for everyone. And I'm willing to look past and give up and, and, uh, and let that man uh, take account of his own words on his own. What he's doing is between him and God. And I'm not here to judge, especially knowing uh, that I believe he feels a certain way about all of humanity. I do. And uh, I'm going to leave that up to him and his maker um, but and, and still tell people to go out there and listen to his music and feel comfortable about it. Maybe not this song, though. <laughs> <You know. laughs> so we get a little intro with the, uh, the piano. 
a little hi-hat and some acoustic guitar. Mm-hmm. Um, we get some laws. I'm not going to law. Um, you don't have to. We can skip through the laws. It's not bad, the intro. No, it's no, intro. it's okay. It's, okay. you know, it, it creeps up on you. Yeah. Now that I've lost everything to you, you say you want to start something new. And it's breaking my heart that you're leaving. Baby, I'm grieving. But if you want to leave, take good care. Hope you have a lot of nice things to wear. But then a lot of nice things turn bad out there. Now, if the tone of this song didn't tell you that this guy's lost something, <laughs> which it does right from the get go. A couple things, maybe. Yeah. Uh, now that I've like lost. Like his fucking mind. Like, maybe. <laughs> like his girlfriend. Like the, la- the woman in him life. But now that I've lost everything to you, we know it right there, right from the get go. I mean, it immediately starts with him guilt tripping. Yeah, yes, it's it like, totally does. It's like, well, uh, you know, now that I've lost everything to it you, does. now you say that you want something new. And, yeah, and it's breaking my heart that you're leaving. A little bit of confession there. Uh-huh. A little bit of I need to draw you in. A maybe, maybe pull you back in. Oh, you're leaving. You're looking for something new. You're breaking my heart. Yeah, it's breaking my heart. I've lost everything. You know, it's like one of those, like, I, you know, after all I did and, you know, kind of starts calling into question, like, well, did you do what you did for me or to try and keep me around? And that break adds to the drama, the baby, I'm grieving, you know, it just, it really, really does. And then, I mean, he just just opens it up. He just, he just pulls the hose right off the spigot. and he's, just cranks that knob. He's once again trying to say more than what's here. I think. Yeah. I think there's a good there's a good when he says, "But if you want to leave, take good care. Hope you have a lot of nice things to wear, but then a lot of nice things turn bad out there." If he's not saying you're going to get hurt, oh, it's yeah. going to suck for you mm-hmm. and you don't know what you have here. You know, I, I don't know how what what better words to say it in to try and get someone to say, which leads us to is it just a simple guilt, guilt trip or is it full on gaslighting? Oh, that's uh, I mean, yeah. it depends on I believe it depends on where in France it's said. <laughs> where does the accent <laughs> fall? <laughs> I think it has to be uh, it has to be said in the gaslight region of France. Yeah. Otherwise. <laughs> It's simple. Uh, it's simple. This is a Cote du Rhone <laughs> level gaslight. Yes, this is a, a rich, a rich Burgundy of gaslight. Right. Yeah. Um. I, yeah. I. I just. I love reading this. Like. Um. You know, like a, a mother that's trying to give you like the, oh. the guilt trip, where it's like, oh well, if you're gonna leave, take good care, have fun. You do. You, but I hope you got a lot of nice things to wear. Mark, I'm gripping the steering wheel. You know, like my knuckles are being buried into this. It's just like, you know, okay, go ahead. Have fun. Feel like I'm on the phone with my mom right now. <laughs> but then, you know, a lot of nice things turn bad out there. Out there. It's like, you know, it's like, okay, yeah, thank you. Thank like you for, it's just after every line, you know, just hoping that that's the last one. I want to say thanks for well, the if you warning, leave, dad. Take good care. All right. Thanks. Yeah. Hope you got a lot of nice things to wear. Okay, thank you. I appreciate it. But then a lot of nice things turned out there. All right, will you stop talking already? Yeah, there's. This is definitely. Um, Can you let me live my own life? Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely pouring it on very thick, and you know, trying to make her second guess herself. Now I've heard other people out there that say that just 
Cat Stevens is a bitch on this one. And that's <laughs> okay. the way he's coming across. But I see, I, I think I agree with you. I see what, what you're seeing on this one. It's just a little, it's a little too deep. It's not just a, you know, if, if he was just, you know, a, being whiny, it would just be like, oh, you know, go out there, you know, you know, maybe you'll find somebody better. And it would be put maybe a lot more, a lot more simply. Yeah, this is you know? a, a little bit of a scared straight program we're dealing with here. Yeah, it is. You know, and then when we get into the chorus... Ooh, baby, baby, it's a wild world. It's hard to get by just upon a smile. Ooh, baby, baby, it's a wild world. I'll always remember you like a child girl. Okay, so, you know... Well, I know you you're looking to? at it one way, and it's bringing the it's to? bringing the meter up. But, <laughs> but, Mark. Well, let me just hold on before okay, you give me ahead. a but. You're already calling her girl over and over again, which is right. At some point, you know, ten years ago or so, I started making it a point to anybody, any woman who is over. Any female who's over the age of 18, I try to refer to them as a woman. Yes, good policy. I do not like the, and and I don't think that it is malicious and intent when it's done most of the time, when people refer to women as girls, because it comes off as diminutive, and it just, it comes off kind of weird. And I think I remember asking a question about it on Facebook once, and you know, there were a lot of females that were like, I don't give a shit, or some that liked it because it made them feel youthful. Right. Um, but I think there was a lot of other females who were like, yeah, I don't, yeah. it. And I mean, I think a lot of it depends on, obviously, the, the female themselves, mm-hmm. and also where they are, mm-hmm. and who it is that's saying it. I think that if it's, you know, a certain kind of person, or maybe another female that says it uh, in a certain way, it's fine. But I think there are a lot of times when guys say it and it's just whether the guy knows it or not, they are automatically being shitty. They're ratcheting them down. Yeah. 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 I, I like I like them women that say I'm a woman. Oh, yeah. You know, Me I too. like that. The ones that are like, I've got some I got some I got some shit under my belt. When that I says, talk about yeah, that when, says I am a woman. When I hear women talk about like I have too much personality or, um, you know, whatever. I'm like, that's the kind of woman that I like. I like a woman who's. A human being. Who I like the ones that pay their own bills. And yeah, I was just going to say life. that that are like, I got, I ain't got time for this shit. I got to pick up the kids. Exactly. You know. Exactly. Um, so yeah. Uh, so that's what I had to say about that. I didn't mean to cut. I you do know. I do have to say though that for a for one time, just one single time, I know that this uh, that the end of that chorus with the I'll always remember you like a girl ratchets it up ratchets it up a little bit the, the meter up a little bit. I will remember you like a child, like a child girl, girl, but parents say that all the time too now there is some there was so what this song is about is a little bit in dispute yeah now there are a lot of people who believe that this song is about a child or a parent talking to their child Mm -hmm. i think that has all but been thrown out it is not about a parent talking to their child i do not believe well i mean if when we read the earlier stuff he had a um he had a girlfriend that left at the the time that this came out named Patty Ibenville. Ibenville. I, I don't have it right in front of me, but he had a girlfriend at the time and she had left. And at first, at first he had said, this woman was leaving my life. I was feeling, you know, I wanted, I was kind of expressing the emotions of that time. And then years later, he ratcheted it back a notch and said, this is just about loss you know an overall feeling of loss which is where 
that dichotomy comes in that that you know one side says it could be about a girl and one side says it could be about you know the, a parental view a second person parental view so but i think when you go with the simplest and easiest and most obvious answer you know you're right 90% of the time and he initially said it was about the loss of a girlfriend at the time that he had been seen for a couple years let's just move on with this uh, episode thinking that he is singing about a girl that's left him because that's probably what it is. So yeah, Patty yeah. Darbinville Thank you. Um, Thank was you. her name. And yes, a lot of people, <clears throat> including him, I believe at first, were saying this song was about her leaving him. Mm-hmm. Um, he then went through to say it was about loss and then talked about how the song is about himself. And I don't think anybody believes that. <laughs> I think that a lot of people sort of going, yeah, well, you know, you say uh, you're talking to a girl like five times. Um, I just don't really buy it that you uh, that you're talking about yourself. Um, And again, you know, we're getting more, um, you know, we're just getting more of that. uh, Hey, it's wild out there. It's hard. It's hard to get along just upon a smile, which is if to say she has nothing else to get by on. (laughs) It's like, yeah, well. Okay, like, do you have such little faith in her that you think that all she has to offer and the only wiles she has is her smile? I think he he might have heard uh, Glenn Fry. <laughs> I think he might have. What was that song? You can't hide your lion eyes, you know? Oh, yeah. City girls seem to make it easy or know how, how to open doors with just a smile, you know? Right. He might have heard that and, you know, thought, oh, throw that in there. <laughs> I'll, I'll give a little nod to the Eagles on this one, which really doesn't do. Much I don't think that happened. At I don't all. think it happens, but it just reminded <laughs> me. You sound of that. like someone writing a, uh, a annotation. genius annotation. Yes, yes, but I got to say, I did look at some of the genius annotations, and I think that these for this song, or at least the one that we get, is about as an astute a genius obser- observation as we're going oh, to I see. Love it. Yeah, yeah. It's, okay, it's really, we'll, we'll we're get here in it, one though. second. You know, I've seen a lot of what the world can do, and it's breaking my heart in two. Because I never want to see you sad, girl. Don't be a bad girl. But if you want to leave, take good care. Hope you make a lot of nice friends out there. But just remember, there's a lot of bad and beware. Beware. And then another beware. I do, in a weird way, kind of like the accents that he puts in. I mean, they're kind of, they do kind of draw you in. uh, And it's breaking my heart, you know, uh, don't be a bad girl, you know, at those specific spots where he, oh, you love those lines. They huh? sound kind of cool. Words. They sound. I don't. I'm not saying I love the words. I'm saying he makes it sound mm-hmm. kind of cool. He puts ladies the, and gentlemen, you heard it here first. You heard it here first. Te- Seth, 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 Seth. It's see. Seth loves. See how the, it feels. Uh, Seth You're loves from that the demographic. Bad, Seth loves the bad girl line. You know, um, I've seen a lot of what the world can do. It's about him all of a sudden again. And it's breaking his oh, heart into. Oh, he's he's here to tell her. Look, you don't know about the world. Uh, yeah, I know the world, and I've seen a lot of it. You're, you know, you're just this pretty little thing. But let let Papa Stevens tell you. I know you better than you do. I've seen a lot of this world, yeah. and oh my God, I'm just getting, I'm just broken up about how much this world's going to eat you alive. You don't even understand. Maybe the deepest line in the song, and I don't think he intended it to be, because I never want to see you sad, girl. Don't be a bad girl. That never want to see you sad, girl. As an adult, as a parent, you are going to see your children. And I know we're writing this from a different perspective, but mm-hmm. you're going to see your children be sad. It's going to happen. Sorrow's going to find everybody. 
And that that hits a little different when he does. And that's you know, the episode, ladies and gentlemen. Oh. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> it does hit a little bit different. But when it's coming from the perspective that we know, in this case, it is he's 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 hitting. This is where he hits below the belt. So don't be is, a bad girl, you know. Yeah, don't be a bad girl. And uh, this is you where know, he should just let her go. The don't be a bad girl. At first, the way I took it was. Um, when you go into the world, be be good out there. Don't be bad. But then, uh, and then I read this genius annotation. Go for it. This song is not as benevolent as it may seem. Damn right. He's acting like he doesn't want her to be sad. But there's more going on here. As stated in other lines, he's given everything to her, his love and more. She's breaking his heart and leaving. He's trying to frighten her about going out on her own. He's mocking her with the triviality of hoping she has nice things to wear. And finally, he indicates that if she does leave, she's a bad girl. Finally, genius comes through. Yeah. yeah. I just gave that a thumbs up. Absolutely. I'm going to do that, too. I just gave that a damn thumbs yeah. up because that is 100 percent spot on, in my opinion. There are some people that commented. Uh, one person in particular that said pure BS reading into things. Hell no. Someone that apparently is, that was probably Stevens. <laughs> he was probably like, uh, no, one of the Stevens clan out there. One of the, <laughs> right. Yeah. Islam. But, and this is something that I think is probably going to get under your skin, but if you want to leave, take good care. It just, that takes you back to the same spot in verse wood. But if you want to leave, oh, take yeah. good carries using it twice. Second, I know you don't like that. Well, no, no, no. Mm-hmm. I, I, it's fine. And really, you know, I'll, I'll say what I do like about it is that the second line is different. So revisiting, I can't say when people rhyme the same word, that's my big thing. Okay. But it's kind of like, oh, it's similar, but they change it a little bit, which is fine. All right. So, All right. you know, we got the take good care again, you know, another one of those, uh, you know, giving her the guilt trip and making her feel if you want to do it, fine. And then <laughs> hope you make a lot of nice friends out there. Mm. And it's like, oh, well, that's that's kind of sweet. Maybe he came around as passive then, aggressive. And then he just gives it's... you maybe the darkest line of the song. But just remember, there's a lot of bad and beware. beware. It's like, <laughs> it's like, OK, it's like, have a good time. Hope it doesn't suck for you because everybody's awful. <laughs> like, oh, all right. You know, he's just like trying to scare her. You know, every person that him. you meet is going to be carrying a knife that you don't know about. And they're going to stab you in the back. Yeah. Other than that, you you'll have around. a great time. Hun. Yeah. Really, you'll have nice clothes. Right. Try not yeah. to get too many holes in the backs of them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then we get another course. Ooh, baby, baby. It's a wild world. And it's hard to get by just upon a smile. Good luck trying to fucking do it. Ooh, baby, baby, it's a wild world. And I'll always remember you like a child, girl. Then we get the bridge. We get some more laws. A lot of law laws. A bunch of laws. I mean, just it's kind of like a folk music thing, I guess. Yeah. And then it kind of does like the bridge for the first half until he does a... Baby, I love you. And then, uh, but if you want to leave, take good care. Hope you make a lot of nice friends out there. But just remember, there's a lot of bad and beware. Beware. And then a double chorus. 
Ooh, baby, baby, it's a wild world. I'm not going to sing all these. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah we know what he, how he feels. And then we end with... Uh, I just, I, I do find it unusual that after that bridge, he had to add that whole, but just remember there's a lot of bad and beware, which really is, you know, he, he had to do it twice. He had to put it in there twice. It's really driving it home, letting her know that you're not going to get any better than me. You know, I'm as good as it's going to get for you. You need to stick around. Something that I think every little... You know, simp in the world has heard, has, yeah, has dreamt of. I don't know. You know. I mean, I, I don't. You know, I, 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 I feel like I don't think he's saying that necessarily. Really? But I think that he's saying something pretty close to it, which is just like you're not safe alone. And you know, I guess at the end of the day, it's kind of the same thing. Yeah, it is. But you know, it, it the lyrics kind of give off the impression he. He's rather that she would be fucking someone else because, <laughs> you know, what he's doing is just making her scared to leave him. And it's it's he wants her to stay by fear rather than by love. This is where that's like, whole... if I'm not going to keep you here because you love me, then I'm going to keep you here because I've scared the shit out of you to the point where you won't leave. This is where you got to love the women. Enter so... Ellen Willis, um, who uh, wrote a 1971 essay called but now i'm gonna move uh described a method of revealing male bias in lyrics which the listener imagines the genders reversed by this test a diatribe like under my thumb is not nearly so sexist in its implications as for example cat stevens's gentle sympathetic wild world jagger's fantasy of sweet revenge could easily be female in fact it has a female counterpart nancy sinatra's boots (laughs) <laughs> but it's hard to imagine a woman sadly warning her ex-lover that he's too innocent for the big bad world wow. out there. Inherently misogynistic. Who is this woman? Um, she is a writer. What's her name? Her name is Ellen Willis. I will be looking if she has like a Goodreads or something like that. We need to we need to read some of her shit. She's an American left-wing political essayist, journalist, activist, feminist, and pop music critic. Sounds like she's right. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds yeah, like it she does. needs to be paid attention to. Yeah. yeah. Referred to this, uh, s- some critics and music writers have deemed Wild World to be condescending and misogynistic. I, and I would say it is. When you first hear it, you get this bitch vibe from it. You know, you're like, oh, he's just a whiny little bitch. But when you pay attention and you do look at it, and when I looked at it the first time, I thought to myself, there is something deeper going on here. And I was right, thank goodness, one of the few times that I am. Um, I'm glad, you know, that, that we went over this because it's one of the few times where I'd say, don't listen to Cat Stevens. Because um, I do like, I, 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 I find him poetic and beautiful and, all, and most of the other stuff, man. Yeah. I really think he's great. Um, but yeah, this is just one that, and, and not only that, like I said, the song, just the tone of the song always struck me as wrong. It just wasn't good. It wasn't something about it sounded wrong. It sounded off. Yusuf explained on the Chris Isaac hour, because apparently that's a thing in 2009, that the actual inspiration of the song was his return to a career in music after nearly dying from a collapsed lung due to tuberculosis. I did read that. In 1969. This is a quote from him. I was trying to relate to my life. I was at the point where it was beginning to happen and I was myself going into the world. I'd done my career before and I was sort of warning myself to be careful this time around because it was happening. It was not me writing about somebody specific, although other people may have informed the song, but it was more about me. It's talking about losing touch with home and reality, home especially. I don't believe you. It's 2009. 
I need to straighten this shit out. Yeah. <laughs> I need to I, let's rewrite I, I history. I may or may on not have thing. said some questionable shit about the country <laughs> after nine eleven. Yeah. Uh, there's all these people that are going to come after me. I'm just going to say, actually, the truth is, it was all about me. What I well, really said was right. Yeah. What had happened was I didn't mean to hold up that bank. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you don't understand. I can explain myself. Yeah, I think it's pretty clear what this is about. Mm. And, uh, you know, whether or not it's about Patty Darbinville, I, I can't say for sure. Um, but I, to me, I think there's a good chance. I think so. There's a good I chance so yeah. as well. Mark. Yes. Does it deserve, you know, to go up higher than a one on the creep factor? Yes, I absolutely. Mean, okay, that's what I want. Uh, absolutely. I mean, oh. because uh, though it doesn't have the inherent creepiness of christine 16 um or um, blatant creep creepiness of, yeah, yeah absolutely or wango zatango or wango zatango um it is still it is a creepy song in its um it, it's almost creepier than some of it because it because it hides behind it a veil of i'm doing this for your own good mm. and i Ugh. yeah Ugh. i do not like it this and you know it's um i'm gonna give it a 7.7 damn okay all right that's huge yeah it is because i don't you know i've known guys like this okay i've known guys who are like I'm I'm telling you I'm doing this for the the doing this for your own good mentality and we're not dealing there's nothing in here saying that she's dumb or she you he, he know doesn't can't, necessarily put her down no no but yeah. exactly it's like we don't you know all he's just saying is like I'm he comes right in with saying like I've lost it all because of you and if I lose you too then I've lost everything. Well, that sucks, but it's no reason a caged bird don't sing. <laughs> There's no reason you, to hold her there against her will by making her so scared to move forward. Right. Now, if she leaves and she comes back, if you love something, set it free. If it comes back, it was meant to be. Mm-hmm. If, he, if she leaves and she comes back, if she realizes that the world was too hard herself, fine. If she realizes that she didn't realize what she had with him, fine but there's a good chance that she is going to go out there there's a good chance that she's going to go out there find somebody else and be very very happy yeah 7.7 wow i i know um, it's big but this is it's 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 subversively i gave this a preemptive five when i was reading the lyrics no at first when i when I was first reading these lyrics and going over it and said, there's worse out there, just like you said, a la oh, Kiss, sure. a la, you know, Ted Nugent. And uh, and I thought, well, you know, it's not as bad as those things, but I do get where you're coming from. But seeing that, you know, you're looking at what, I don't want to say like a master manipulator. I don't want to go that far. Um, he, he does balance his words uh, to make them work for him. Um, in the best possible way, which is, is that more dangerous? Is that worse? I don't know. Yeah. It doesn't strike me as the most horrific thing, like, you know, which with, with, uh, a Barbie girl and, and what we went through with, uh, Rick Springfield, which I just, that still blows my mind. 
Um, but I, I, I can't, I still can't take it up to that seven level. I'm going to give it a, um, it's, it's definitely breaking past five. I'm going to give it a 6.5. Okay. Yeah. I think that's, yeah. I think it's completely fair and justified. Yeah. I, I do think that my 7.7. Oh, that's is justified. Maybe, just maybe having a little bit of the creeps yeah. and feeling kind of dirty right yeah. off in the moment thing. Indeed. Yeah. Um, where are we going? Where are we going next? Well, I sent a song to you, and it, it reminded me uh, we're going to stay in the classic rock sphere. We've exchanged a lot of good songs lately, in my opinion. We some, have. Some interesting shit, yeah. We have indeed. Yeah. Um, but this week, I'm not sure if the song is is so good. Uh, we're going to do a song uh, by Greg Allman called I'm No Angel. This is going to be... We're, we're, it's going to be like this one. It's going to be in, in regards to... We're going to have shit to talk about these, these guys. We're going to have stuff to talk about because it's the Almond Brothers. Yeah. They, stri- they strike deep into the heart of a Southern man. These lyrics are so stupid. They And one of the lyrics alone, one of the lines, and I'm curious to know which one you I think it is. It is. Um, there is. There is one in particular that I yeah. was so appalled by the first time I heard it. It's, it's so stupid. This sounds like, I don't want to get too into it, but it sounds like a throwaway Bruce Springsteen song. Um, he sounds in the like worst a third way possible. Yeah, it sounds sh- like he does. Bruce Springsteen yeah. is a third grader. Um, so listen to, I'm sure you've heard it, Greg Allman, uh, the song I'm No Angel. I'm no Angel. Seth, it's been a while since we did one of these. Yeah. And, and what a what a wonderful time. What a good one. I want, can we find Can we find somebody else? I've been thinking about this ever since the episode. Another person like Max, another Skyler, mm-hmm. somebody that's just, you know. Well, that, let's see about getting Skyler on here. I, Oh, I didn't even mean for that to happen. Yeah, let's get Skyler in here. We'll uh, we'll work Cause, on uh, it because I mean Max was just so he was so articulate and just yeah. had such wonderful things to say and was on point. And I think that Ma- that that Skyler has blossomed into that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So absolutely. let's see if we can do that. All right, so, Skyler, uh, if you're listening, just just give us the high sign, man. <laughs> I'll reach out to him. Yeah. Uh, in the meantime, thank you guys so much for listening. Obviously, uh, tell two friends, rate us if you don't mind. Uh, if you know somebody who likes music or hates lyrics or hates music or likes lyrics or whatever, loves music. Um, let them uh, let them know about us and we will be back on Monday with more lyrics to go. Thanks a lot for listening. Our theme song was done by Exploding Pages. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas for songs or lyrics, you can send them to lyrics2gopod at gmail.com. We'll be back here next week. <laughs> <laughs>